Oh no tuan This is not a patung My friend is just very stiff <laughs> Jungle Slim and Juanita The podcast <sighs> Most people haven't even gone to work yet But here I am With my head almost whacked Thanks to <laughs> Douglas's bright ideas Dude brought a weapon to work lah He's swinging a pair of nunchucks around Can you explain yourself ah, please First of all It's not a weapon Okay It's a practice nunchaku which is the full and proper way to say nunchucks. <laughs> it's padded. Like you touch and see, it's padded. Oh, you yeah. cannot, you cannot hurt anybody. One. So see what happened was, uh-huh. I'm currently renovating uh, my house. Okay, not renovating per se. Like, I mean, it doesn't cost fifty four million <laughs> <laughs> like some other people. It's more like I'm just fixing stuff because my house quite old eh, and some things are in bad shape like, due to wear and tear right. and also wanton destruction by monkeys and musangs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wanton destruction? You talk as though your house got attacked by a <laughs> no, no, see, because you so usually before the workers start proper work, yeah, what they do is they remove the unwanted stuff, right? Okay. So I, I go home yesterday and find a huge junk pile <laughs> to oh. the to the side of my house. I'm thinking, okay, fairly normal, but something inside me whispered, no, like, <laughs> it was like it was like my voice of uh, what Smeagol, you know, like go check the junk. <laughs> I go over there, hey. You got to trust your instincts, man. There was junk, yeah, but also some other stuff like my imported playing cards and still in their <laughs> plastic in like pristine condition. Why do you have so many playing cards? Are you an aspiring magician? <laughs> I was, <laughs> but now it's because I like to be prepared for Chinese New Year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Of course. You understand, right? And every Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I go through the pile and lo and behold, I found this practice nunchaku. So I'm like, how dare those workers simply uh, throw away my stuff? Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was your wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, she would never do that, okay? Think about it, okay? Did you swing your nunchucks in the house and almost hurt her at any point? Hey, who asked her to walk in when I've got my Bruce Lee uh, on? Is it not see? my fault? <laughs> Fly FM. So Douglas brought his old nunchucks into work today. Oh. Thinking it was a good idea. It got thrown out, but he went and picked it up from his garbage. Yeah. Problem like you. But this is something that I noticed. People usually find it harder to let go of things because they've accumulated, I think, so many memories uh. attached to things over the years. It makes sense. It usually happens to older people. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> not you. <laughs> but I mean older people in general. And I was worried, right, that my parents might be the same And that they would hoard right, all their right. things But I'm glad they're not I'm actually oh. quite proud of them They got a big rubbish dumpster and cleared out the family home a while back They threw away stuff? Yeah What? They should have done a yard sale lah. No, but why? Their stuff is all junk <laughs> but, but how would a yard sale work? I think I wouldn't mind making some money off my old things Oh, for your parents cannot, no? for you can. Uh, okay, so generally there are two types of yard sale. One is the traditional yard sale where you put everything uh, in front of your house. Okay. Like if you have a yard or you have a garden, you put it all out there. Uh-huh. And then anyone uh, can come, you announce the sale, uh, your neighbours all can come and they can pick up and they can pay the stuff. And then the stuff you don't sell, right. and then the one you throw. Okay. Uh, however, the more modern way... Wait, wait, wait. You mean modern, modern or your version of modern, which would be the industrial revolution? <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Uh. <laughs> As I was saying, <laughs> the modern way would be you identify the stuff that maybe have some worth one, mm-hmm. and then you take the photographs and you put it online, or you do a small video saying that oh, I used to have this thing and stuff, and I'm gonna sell it now. Okay. I sold my old guitar this way for quite a bit of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Turns out my neighbor bought it. He probably just wanted you to stop playing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, jokes on him because he got two more guitars <laughs> and a new drum machine. <laughs> oh my god! There's worst roommate ever on Netflix. You are the worst neighbor ever. <laughs> Fly FM. So our beloved government <laughs> is uh, making it compulsory for all foreign students in Malaysia to learn BM. W- wow. 
I I think I just heard every foreign student in Malaysia go alama. <laughs> <laughs> so Dato Sri Ismail Sabri he said that this effort is part of the government's initiative to empower our national language because right. they aim to make it ASEAN's second language. Mm. What, what do you think about it? Uh, right now I'm not sure. Yeah. Because I know. Okay, first of all, I know a lot of Malaysian medical students. They will learn Russian. Right, oh. if they plan to study medicine there, because it's much cheaper to study medicine in Russia. Oh right, right. And so it makes sense because most of the textbooks and classes there are in Russian. Okay. Uh, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, the same thing happened in the '60s where a lot of uh, psychological papers were written in German because Carl Jung and all those fellows. Uh, so a lot of psychology students learn German purposely while studying there, lah. But that's quite different, right? Because it was out of necessity. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say I'm not sure. See, and mm-hmm. those people they willingly did it. Yeah. It wasn't because the government of the country wanted to empower. The national language and all <laughs> exactly. that. So I don't know. Unless these foreign students are here to learn something that has a predominant Malay knowledge base, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if they're here to study traditional Malay cooking, <laughs> okay. then yeah, most of the text maybe will be in Malay. Or if they're here to study wayang kulit, ah, uh, mm. or I don't know, rumpet uh, uh, thermodynamics. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, unless they're doing that, I don't really see an actual reason for them to learn BM. Uh-huh. Also, Anita, the problem is Malaysia is so multicultural that yeah. a foreigner can live here without knowing any. BM. Yeah, that's true. Like my brother-in-law is German, right? He's been here for like what, twenty, eighteen to twenty years okay. now, and he speaks with a Malaysian slang. Wait, wait, like proper Malaysian slang, or he just adds one lie at the end of every sentence? <laughs> like proper Malaysian slang. Oh, okay. Yeah, you say I go to the mama la, order this and that <laughs> with Malaysian slang, quite proper. But he doesn't know how to speak BM. Uh. But he's gotten around quite all right. Yeah, you see. Yeah, and also I'm in no way being anti BM here. A lot of you know I am actually pro BM. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like speaking it. I like the way it sounds. Your BM is very good. Thank you very much <laughs> 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 okay, okay, okay. But some stuff Just sounds weird In Bahasa Melayu Like yeah, IT yeah. lingo IT lingo IT lah IT stuff can mention mention The computer teacher Is like Okay murid-murid Sila guna tutikus Bersertakan papan kekunci Dan buka pelaya laman sesawang Dan padam semua biskut Why about Saleh one Your teacher So our government wants to make it compulsory for all foreign students in Malaysia to learn BM. <laughs> We're kind of rolling our eyes to this because like, just why? <laughs> But it got us talking about language. We thought it'd be fun to do a quiz. Now, I'll say a sentence. Douglas will guess what language it is and what each sentence means. It sounds very hard, you know. <laughs> you can do it. Lah. You ready, Day? All right. Quiz, 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 quiz. It's quiz time on Fly FM. Okay, so you're at a flea market. Mm-hmm. You uh, don't really know how to speak the language. So someone comes up to you and starts talking right. extensively, and you go, "Sinomito, what you fall English?" Ah, that's uh, Spanish. Ah. Uh? Right? Are you sure? It sounds Spanish. Uh, and what what I'm saying is, sorry, sorry, I don't, I don't, spe- I only speak English. Okay, you got that right. It means I'm sorry, I only know English. Okay. But uh, it's Portuguese. It's so close, lah. Come, <laughs> well, I want to split hairs, man. Like this, it's Portuguese, same, lah. That was a trick one because I knew you guessed Spanish. All right, you are sightseeing, right? You're looking at beautiful architecture. Okay, and then a lady comes up to you and asks, "De Albania della Signore?" Ah, uh, Signore, this uh, this is Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the lady is asking, "You want to buy any of this architecture?" <laughs> 
It is Italian, huh? but she's asking you where is the ladies' washroom? You ask me for what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a lady number one, and I'm a foreigner. What? You just got off the train, okay? And uh, you want to know, Moyare no restaurant no wa dokudeska? Ah, okay, this is easy lah. This is Japanese, and I want to. I heard the word restaurant. Ah, uh, Japanese, and I want to know the nearest Japanese restaurant. Hey, you got that correct. Well done. <laughs> Now you're looking at furniture, and then suddenly a man walks up to you, checks you out, and says, "Umdua harvem driva heaven." It's either Dutch or German, and uh, he said, uh, "You have a nice set of racks." No, close to Swedish, and he asked, "If you are here, who's running heaven?" <laughs> Get it? That's a whole pickup line. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay, last one. You're about to do an international stand-up show, but people look at your poster and say, "Douglas, mumatilu komedi subapar." <laughs> I don't know what language this is, man. I don't know Brazilian. Uh, no, they speak Portuguese. Uh, okay, I don't know language, but send him like uh, Douglas. I heard he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Arabic. They're saying Douglas is a subpar comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Your Arabic accent is horrible, uh, by the way. <laughs> Quiz, 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 quiz. Da 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 da. It's quiz time on Fly FM. Fly FM. So this is pretty crazy. A medical student surgically implanted a Bluetooth device into his own ear to cheat in his final exam. He performed surgery on himself. Yeah. Then why bother with an exam? Just give doctor DIY an A plus, <laughs> lah, right? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool. He did that last, pretty amazing. But still, oh my God, he was enrolled in medical school for 11 years. 11 right? years. Yeah, and he failed this particular exam multiple times. So I guess I kind of get his desperation. <laughs> But this time, he got even more desperate and put a Bluetooth device in his body. But he was caught because the invigilator found the handphone in his pocket. I adore. <laughs> so smart yet so stupid. Why you keep in your pocket? <laughs> Because Bluetooth can go pretty far, right? These days, yeah. I remember it, not even now, like even before the pandemic, which is what two years ago, uh-huh. two and a half years ago. Yeah, I was at Sungai Wang, okay. uh, just shopping around, and the the handphone guy, mm-hmm. he was like, "Ah, brother, I want to buy a Bluetooth. This Bluetooth, I want to buy the Bluetooth. So I kind of fifteen meter, no, the range fifteen meter apart." I remember thinking, "Why would I want to be fifteen meters apart from my phone? <laughs> what am I a giraffe? Is it like my, <laughs> like my head is that?" Far from my body, and 15 meters is actually too long for a giraffe. Huh? I would have to be a brontosaurus or something like that. But the guy didn't give up. You no, know? yeah, no. So this Bluetooth one, don't worry. Uh, won't cause cancer. No, this oh. Bluetooth one won't get cancer. I was thinking, if I'm worried about cancer, you think I'll be here shopping in Singapore? <laughs> <laughs> oh yo! But I think Bluetooth is great. Um, I mean, when I use my Bluetooth headphones, mm. I feel like a boss going, "Hey Siri, call Papa." <laughs> But it can also be annoying when it connects to the wrong device. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so sometimes I try to connect and it says can't find device. I'm like, hello, it's right next to you. <laughs> la, look left. <laughs> well, this surgeon, ah, they're really penny wise, pound foolish, right? Right. If he can surgically insert a Bluetooth device into his ear, uh. why not do the same thing? Surgically insert the answer into your brain, correct? Stupid fellow, no wonder fail so many times at this guy. Fly FM. So this guy in India surgically implanted a Bluetooth device into his ear just so he could cheat on his medical exam. 
exam I understand the desperation But surgery is a scary thing yeah. man I had surgery once I mean it can't be compared To people who go through More serious surgery right. of, of course But my personal story Is about a bad fall So I cut my face Right under my eye oh. And I had like 25 to 30 stitches mm. done The surgeon said She stopped counting Of 27 <laughs> Yeah initially They thought it was Just like a surface cut But right. they actually cut To the bone um, <laughs> But I won't talk about that lah, yeah. Right I rushed to the hospital They kept me overnight Because the operation Could only be done In the morning We right. had to wait For the plastic surgeon To come in And the scary part of it all I think was actually Being alone in the hospital What did they keep you In the morgue <laughs> <laughs> Why so scary Hospital only what No lah I was in a proper ward But I think it was During COVID right So there were no visitors Allowed right, The right. place was Eerily quiet And once in a while You hear some groaning Some people in pain <laughs> That was probably you lah <laughs> Ah, no, my I face. Actually, <laughs> right. The whole thing was pretty painless for me. Oh. Uh, yeah, and it was okay. So for some reason, my mom, she brought for me a galaxy light to the hospital. A what? Sorry, what light? A galaxy light. What's a galaxy light? It's, uh, you're the ones that you see on Instagram a lot. They advertise for you. You like turn off the lights and you put this oh, like Oh, so like you're, like you're sleeping under the stars like that? Uh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. And I, I had... <laughs> I know, so weird. And then at my yukata, it's like a kimono, but for the summer. So I looked like such a hippie, right? My baju, galaxy lights. I had my healing frequency music on. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably thought, this lady gila. Right? 100%. <laughs> so the next morning at 7am, I went in for the surgery and right. they rolled me in. It was like a movie, you know, the hospital scene where the patient is on the bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you look up and you see all the hospital lights and the pass you. Like, yeah, yeah, correct. It was exactly like that. So I went for the surgery They put a mask over my face Like those breathing right. things For the uh, anesthesia I fell asleep so quick Okay, I even tried to fight it To see how long I could stay awake <laughs> But nope, I was out Next thing I know, I woke up And it was done That's that's it? Yeah, that's it Oh, but was the reveal A bit dramatic Like in the movies, you know Where your whole face is bandaged up And then they slowly <laughs> like, like could pass one bandage After another After another No, not exactly I just look like the rapper Nelly With a plaster on his face <laughs> <laughs> No, but just now you said The anesthetic Knocked yeah. you out in what A minute, did it? Yeah, less than So they asked me to count down From 10, right? I counted like 10, 9, 8 huh. I got to 6 And I knocked out Hey, where to buy? Uh? I wouldn't mind so much <laughs> <laughs> Fly FM. So our transport ministers made a suggestion mm-hmm. <laughs> to impose congestion fees on vehicles entering KL. But of course, this suggestion was criticized by Malaysians. What is tough, man? Let us might as well change the name from Kuala Lumpur to Kuala Lumpuripur. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Like, as if we don't struggle enough, right? So, this congestion charge would be a daily fee. Daily, some oh. Daily fee imposed on drivers who choose to drive into Kuala Lumpur. Now, they said that vehicle drivers can either pay the charge in advance or on the day that they're traveling. Right. And cameras on the roads will monitor all vehicles going in the congestion charge right, zone. Right. So, we asked people for their opinion on this and this is what they had to say. If we have good public transport system, then no one would drive cars. The roads already so jammed and yet you're still want to collect more of the Ryak's money. Improve public transport first lah, then more people will prefer to take it. In 2020, there were around 19,000 buses in Singapore, but we only have about 2,000 buses in the whole of Klang Valley. It's time to improve the public transport system. 
Wow, when you compare to Singapore, I so suck it. Eh. No, but they tried something similar before in order to reduce traffic in KL. Yeah. At one point in time, uh, there was this law where your car had to have a minimum of two people, remember? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't have two people, uh, you won't be allowed to enter the city. And you know what happened? I know Malay- Malaysians were driving around with mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, and mannequins in the passenger seat like trying to fool the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, no, Tuan, this is not a patung. My friend is just very stiff. <laughs> <laughs> I know they tried this in the Philippines as well. Um, people wait outside the city for drivers because it's cheaper to pay other people to couple with them than to pay the fee to enter the city as a single driver. Yeah. So with this congestion fee, right, mm-hmm. the same thing will happen. <laughs> Malaysians will find a way around it because it's only for <laughs> vehicles entering KL, right? Uh, according to this one, yeah. So for vehicles entering the congestion charge zone specifically. Yeah. So then, very simple, all the Kayangans will enter KL on a horse. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> right? All the Pa'abus will ride their cows, the Abengs will enter on dogs, and the Mutus will come on their goats. <laughs> I bet, wow. you, I bet you some joker will be on a zebra at the zebra crossing. <laughs> just to show you how ironic the whole thing is. And then the champions from Malacca yeah. will come in on actual kanchils. <laughs> wow, your imagination. Fly FM. So our transport minister suggested charging congestion fees on vehicles entering KL. <laughs> but one group of people that always know how to avoid congestion, taxi drivers. Yeah. Remember back in the day, taxi drivers were the ones who always seemed to know how to avoid congestion yeah, yeah, yeah. roads, right? They know all the little lanes, the back mm. alleys. But I got trust issues, right? You know me. So I'm always suspicious. <laughs> like, are you really taking this different, much longer route to avoid the jam? Or are you just trying to get more money from me? <laughs> why like, Why you always think that everyone has criminal intentions? <laughs> Can we please husnuz on? <laughs> what in the world was that? Hus, husnuz on. It's, it that? means like bersangka baik in Arabic. It's a very popular word among the hip <laughs> urban Malays. Husnuz on. Yeah. Trying to get Arab followers? Is it Douglas? <laughs> <laughs> That's where the money is at, right? Tomorrow yeah, yeah. we see Douglas Lim selling kurma. <laughs> I, I sell kurma. <laughs> is that a whisper? Yeah. Uh, anyways, as I was saying, this happened a few times, uh, but I remember one particular incident because mm. I was already rushing, right? So this taxi uncle, he was driving, suddenly misses the turn and says, Ayah, sorry, ah, itu jalan jam. <laughs> Then he proceeds to use some nonsense out of the way route. Mm. I just kept quiet, lah. Right? I didn't say anything, but inside I was panas already. And when we reached, then I said, "Uncle, the normal route wasn't even jammed." Right. He was like, "How you know? God tell you, ah." I was like, "No ways." Hello. Okay, no, okay. So your taxi uncle may have been abusing his knowledge, but at least he had knowledge. You know? Yeah, yeah. One yeah. time I entered a taxi. I can't remember where it was. But I gave the guy uh, an address. Yeah. And he actually turned to me and said, Oh, kat mana? <laughs> well, huh? I don't know. You're the taxi fella. You should know, lah, right? I mean, it's your job. Can you imagine? Uh-huh. If I went on stage at a comedy show and yeah. I was like, Oh, so what's funny? Huh? <laughs> Fly F. In the studio is 12-time medalist Seven of which are goals She has represented Malaysia And mengharumkan our number In multiple international sporting events Including the Olympics We're so proud of you And so, so happy you could be here with us today Farah and Thank you so much for making the trip down To our humble studio, Farah Thank you for the invite I'm so happy to be here with both of you What have you been up to since the big announcement? Have you been on holiday? What, what have you been doing? Spending more time with family? Um 
Um, I've been uh, just Netflixing. I've been <laughs> reminiscing on my career, and <laughs> so basically, I'm just been. Um, my body has given up on itself because you know I put it through so much hard work, and now it's just like okay, finally get to rest, and so it just gave up, and so lying on the couch lah. That I would say, and like coming for yeah. interviews with you guys. Uh, you say your body has basically broken down because <laughs> no, but seriously, as a gymnast, I look at the stuff you do in gymnastics. Your body goes through a very tough regime, right? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you actually have to do like your 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 warm ups your exercises and things like that it's so it's so difficult for me to when i was <laughs> i keep on making a mistake and say i am but okay when i was a gymnast um i mean we go through so many things like our training we used to train what for like four to six hours a day six days a week and so we go through like warm-up stretching cardio any any physical activities exercise that you can think of we we go through it and of course you see us all the tumbling basically everything that you think you can put your body through like i've gone through it and and your injuries from this one is it from wear and tear or from accidents mostly a lot of my injuries are from wear and tear right I've had also accidents in a sense where like I've I've jumped and twisted my ankle. Yeah. Uh, one of the competitions, I straightened my knee, so I fractured. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> my knee oh and my like, God. yeah, and I tore like so. But I also have like torn ligaments. I have a spine problem, uh, nerve problem. So, so a lot. Of you, t- <laughs> this happened at the competition. No, no, no. Yeah, so I've had one competition. This is the only competition where, uh, like touch wood, like I was very lucky in my career to just like have that. So I was in a competition doing vault, and then I landed wrongly and. And yeah, so I had to be brought to the hospital. I was 11. But yeah, so and I had to be brought to the hospital. And like, I was out for almost a year because I had torn my calf muscle and like fractured my knee. Oh, wow. But yeah, but that was why I was also like fractured my spine before I competed on it. And like twisted my ankle and then competed the next day. So like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. No, no, Malina, the way she talks about it, right? It's like, yeah, normal. It's like so nothing, right? <laughs> I have a question. You've been through a lot of physical pain. Which is worse, heartbreak or this physical pain? Um... I guess like heartbreak in a sense where with physical pain, you know, over time it heals. For example, like a heartbreak I'm talking about was I didn't, there was a few times in my career where I really, really, when people say your heart shattered, like I really felt my heart shattering, which was like the 2016 year where I didn't qualify. I was so, so, so close and I felt my heart shatter in a sense where I couldn't watch gym. I felt like heartbroken. I, like, I used to like cry in my room. But then, and it's so heart shattering because like you cannot go back and change. Whereas with an injury, like you heal and then you go back out there. And leading up to this decision of retirement, I, I'm mm-hmm. guessing there has been a lot of moments where you had to check in with your heart as well, right? Oh yeah. To know, like, okay, this is what your heart wants, whether mm-hmm. to continue or whether to to retire. What was that process like for you personally? It's one of the most difficult decisions I've ever had to make. It mm. it took a ve- it was a very long process of going back and forth, back and forth, and talking to so many people, all like my close friends, my my family, my coaches, and everyone involved in the gymnastic community. It was yeah. one of the hardest decisions because it's some. Obviously, I still love gymnastics, and you know, I will always love competing, being going out there. But it was coming. It was a certain point in my career, and I've always wanted to retire after the Olympics. Like you know, at the peak of my career, because as any athlete, of course, you want to step down where you've achieved everything and everything that you set your mind to, you've done. It's something I've been doing for the past 25 years of my life. It's it, it is my life, and I've always been a gymnast. I've never been anything else. So that decision was so difficult. And yeah, it took many many months, but I think that in the end, I think this is the right decision for me, and I'm very proud of myself being able to to come to a decision. Fly FM. We're here with our Olympian Farah and.
everyone. Thank you for joining us. Now, not a lot of us get to experience this um, at the Olympics. Do you have a funny story or something interesting that maybe happened at the Olympics? Um, I don't think, like, it's not a funny story, but I think I'll just tell you my experience at the Olympics. So I've been to many games. So I've been to SEA Games, Asian Comps, but the Olympic Games really hit differently. And so when I arrived, and I tell you, this Olympic Games was so hard. Like, we had PCR tests after PCR tests. This is like, Japan, you know, is it? This in Japan. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt you here, because you qualified for Japan 2020. Yes. How did you feel when COVID happened? And uh, it's not your fault, you know, you qualified, yeah. you know. So... It, it was such an amazing journey. I mean, after the heartbreak of not qualifying for Rio and then going and qualifying. Uh, so I qualified for Tokyo Olympics in the 2019 World Championship. Right. So in 2019, I knew in October that I qualified. Okay. So I was like, okay, we planned out. Everything is planned out. We're going to go, like, you know, training and everything's planned out. And so in January, like COVID started. So the Olympics has never been cancelled. They've only been cancelled once, I think, during World War, World War II. II. Yeah. That was the only time Olympics has ever been cancelled in the entire history of, mm. the, history of the Olympics, uh, modern Olympics. So I was like, okay, no. After my coach, no, they're not going to cancel it. They're not going to cancel it. And I had like a vision. Of course, like it would be my one of my last hurrahs. And I would, my family. So even my grandparents were trying to get tickets. My family oh. was getting tickets. Like flights were, everything was bought. And then COVID. And we're like, no, no, no. Then we go into lockdown for three months. And yeah. I'm not training. And I'm just like, well, if... I don't train now. I'm not going to be, be, be ready it, for yeah. the Olympics. I was holding on to hope. I was like, if it gets cancelled, I couldn't even think about it getting cancelled because I don't know. Like, I know the habit of not going for real, but the habit of actually qualifying and then having it, it cancelled, I just, I could not, I couldn't. And finally, when it announced it'll be postponed, I'm like, okay, never mind. A plus a year, it's okay. So, like, that whole process of training and competing and then being in, like, a bubble, not being going to... Well, mm. So, even before the going to Olympics, I actually... D- I couldn't even go home in a pack. It was because, like, we were in a bubble and obviously, like... Because if you go to the Olympics, we, are, we have to do saliva tests every day. And if you test positive, you... Even at the Olympics, you're not allowed to compete. You straight away go into quarantine. So, this is in Malaysia first. <laughs> I mean, MSN, I mean, so isolated. And I'm, I need to go home in a pack. I don't have my passport. I don't have anything to, like... Yeah. No, you can't. So my parents had to basically like drive, like give me all my stuff, and throw, I had to throw pack. it over the wall. Yeah, throw it over the wall, and I couldn't even say goodbye to my parents. When you get there, and you get to the village, and you see the Olympic rings, and like all the athletes are there, and like oh my god, you're finally here. Like so, the eating hall is two stories. So there's two stories of eating hall, and like any competition, the where the food court is the most amazing thing. You have food from everywhere. You have Asian, Western, you have bread, you have ah. sushi because it's in Japan. And it's just, it's the most incredible thing. And you see the, and for me, it was seeing the five Olympic rings and being able to say like, oh my God, I finally achieved this. And I think the most important story for me is like, obviously after competing, I, I broke down after competing. It's because I finally realized that, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I finally realized after 25 years of competing, I finally achieved the one goal that I set for myself. And at that moment, I, and, I, and people were like, who oh, are you crying? And I'm not sad. I'm so happy to, to be able to do that. And I remember waking up the next morning, I sat on my bed. And I sat and I thought, oh my God, is this what it feels like to be proud of yourself? So oh. the first moment in my entire career, I've actually, I was actually proud of myself, of something that I had achieved. And I've never felt that, that feeling in my entire career. Like how many years I've been competing for mm. Malaysia. And at that moment, I was, oh, this is what it feels like to actually be proud of yourself. And that's yeah. amazing. What you said just now, I thought mm. was is something that's going to resonate with me and for all our listeners. Like mm. you felt proud of yourself, and yeah. that, and you, and yet that was one defining moment, mm. and it's going to stay with you, and no one can take that away from mm-hmm. you. And I wish yeah. you all the best. Thank you. 
Fly FM. We have our Olympian Farah and in the studio with us. Woo-hoo! Well, Farah, you wanted to ask Douglas something about comedy? Oh or? yes, I wanted to ask you about oh, this. Okay. Is, is this like for sure, or do, or you have an interest oh, in no, doing I, jokes? Uh, no, I, I mean, um, people say I'm funny, lah. You know, but. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay, so I I make stupid jokes. Okay, I make always stupid jokes, and like I, <laughs> I'm very sarcastic. That's why I'm funny. It all starts that. Don't worry about it. I would never be able to do what you do. So I need some tips. If I ever, ever in my entire life okay. think that you know I want to humiliate myself on stage, <laughs> so I need some tips from you. <laughs> How do I do that and actually make people laugh with me, not at me? Okay. <laughs> so you said just now that people think you're funny. So I'm guessing these are your family members, your teammates. My friends laugh at me, you know. Oh. So some people laugh with me because they're like, you know, oh, this is Farah. We need to laugh with her. So you know, we like we need to make her feel good, lah. That's the yeah. No, no. See, see, I'm, I'm gonna step in. Sorry, I'm gonna challenge you there. Getting people to laugh. It's not because you want them to feel good about you. It's because you want to surprise them. Mm. Laughter is a response of being surprised. So okay. that's my first tip. First tip is don't get them to like you. <laughs> Just give them a pattern to start mm. with, and then break that pattern. And the uh. surprise. Once they get the surprise, laughter is the is the automatic response. Uh. Yeah. So for you, I'm like actually get on stage and start telling jokes. Mm-hmm. And if your jokes were about Gymnastics, competing at the highest level, in the Olympics. I mean, just now your story alone, getting to the Olympics, and you're like, and you, what was the thing that really impressed you? Food court. <laughs> you know that itself is a joke. Really, yeah. like you see, you can take the Malaysian out of Malaysia, <laughs> but you can't take Malaysia out of Malaysia. Like go all the way to the to the food court. What was your best thing there? Roti canai, man. <laughs> there was roti canai. Oh my god! And it was okay. Okay, no. <laughs> I guess it's so excited. So the roti chani that was made there was by a Malaysian. They had a Malaysian chef that works in Japan who was like, okay, I'm going to make like the Malaysian food. And so there was a Malaysian <laughs> Olympics, Olympics in Japan making roti chani. First of all, so, so roti chani schools for a reason. So, so stop, stop it, stop it. Are, are athletes are, are elite athletes like yourself even supposed to eat roti canai? Okay, so I, I know this is a question that a lot of people ask. So wait, like food is fuel. Yeah. So of course, like you know, before the Olympics, of course, my it was very very strict. So I usually don't take spicy food before oily food, anything that will like you know, you know that tomorrow you will go wake up and go into the bathroom. Mm. Those foods you don't eat. Yeah. Like you know that. So chili curry or cannot. Yeah. No. No. And then also because the better food you put in your body, the more fuel you have, the stronger you are. So as an athlete, yeah. But of course, like after the games, you're done, right? So you do walap lah everything. Like I don't know if you know that. So after I remember 2017 Sea Games, right? And I had an interview. I told my parents, I'm like, I don't care. Tomorrow after final, you better be ready with my cakes. <laughs> <laughs> my parents are like, oh my god. <laughs> I got cake sponsorship, you know, because of you that. You got cake sponsorship, right? <laughs> yeah, so the whole team had cakes. Eh, okay lah. I love the honesty. <laughs> like, uh, I saw the five rings. What Olympic rings are? Onion rings. <laughs> Come on lah. Fly FM. We have our Olympian Farah Ann in the studio with us. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to do a bit of a challenge here. Uh, I am told, and I've actually seen this, like, that gymnasts all have really strong cores. You know, Juanita? Like, the, the stomach area there is like super strong one. So, and I, I was thinking to myself, hey, what a coincidence because my core is also super strong you know mm-hmm. I can wow. see it I have it he has one 
A yeah, one my, strong call. My one pack. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, we go, I'm going to challenge Farah and to a core exercise uh, where we'll just try and balance there and see how strong our core is. I'm going to get into position right now. Okay. And then, and then uh, Farah is going to be like next to me and then we'll see who can last longer. I cannot believe Douglas wants to compete. Okay. Now you're both getting on the floor. <laughs> Fail <Failed. laughs> What is going on? So they're both seated down now on the ground. A boat pose. Yeah. Understand? Right. Boat. Okay, ready? That. Oh, that's, that's ready. <laughs> like you got to make a V with your legs and your body lifted up. Okay, I can go do this Douglas. a very long one. I'm one of the... Really? Yeah. Boat call. You see, he's shaking already. Farah and... Like, he's shaking. He's, 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 Just okay. because you're shaking doesn't mean you're not strong. No, it's... It's... It you see? You see, she's her whole thing. I think you better give up now. I'm suggesting... <laughs> oh, she's like yawning. Douglas, you save your Douglas <laughs> fails. Far wins, of course. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> you red, Douglas. I can't believe you want to compete with her. No lah. Stop embarrassing yourself. You're painting, ah. Painting. He's still doing. He's still. All right. Are you? Have you given up, Douglas? Are you done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I think I retired. <laughs> Can we just take Farah and let her go instead of doing this nonsense? Thank you so much, Farah, for coming in the studio. We wish you all the best in your next journey. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> this is the Douglas Lim and Juanita podcast. Hang out with them weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on Fly FM.